Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech of BHL. Today, Star Wars makes it a virtual reality. Tesla has a new model and Instagram's changing again. Let's go. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives, Geek Nerd Tech. The show we break down nerd culture, tech news from a black and brown geek perspective. I'm uh, Joe Braswell, listening to Biz Marquis, circa 1986, 7, 8, Anyway, uh, I'm joined to the left. I'm the man Achilles Shine. How you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah. Very good. Just chilling, man. Yep. Yep, it's time. Uh, this record, man. What's your what's your what's your anecdote about this record? I mean, the B I Z machism will make your toes tap. Uh, my anecdote about this was, I was a huge Fat Boys guy, uh, circa 1984, 85. Did the Fat Boys in a in a did the Fat Boys in a talent show, um, beatboxing and rapping. Yeah, I rapped my boys beatbox. <laughs> but when Biz Marquis came out with his form of beatboxing, he's, it was so incredible because he was. Rapping and beatboxing at, at the, the same, same time. time, and that yeah. was like something that just blew my mind. Exactly, and uh, and so we all at the time want to do that. I want to introduce myself. Yeah. My name is uh, Bismarck. I can't even make the it, music but... with your mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Biz, and now he's found second life because he's on uh, Yo Gabba Gabba. Mm -hmm. He's on that, like with the kids, yep. dude, still doing the same stuff. Biz has got to be a cool ten years older than me, though, right? Maybe not. Hey man, Biz seems seems pretty elderly. <laughs> Biz doesn't be a cool. Ten years older than me, so I mean, he was like in college then. That's that was what I'm like saying. Junior high or something. So he seems kind of elderly. And I'm not young. Anyway, <laughs> we digress. Uh, Zach's in the booth and the ones and twos. We're in here. Uh, it's it's tech time. We got we have tech stories. We got pop culture stories. Lots to talk about. I'm really excited about the Star Wars virtual reality joint. Um, we'll talk about that. And um, there's also I forgot this mission open, but Michael Mann's trying to do a heat prequel. Let's go. God, anyway. Let's do it. But, but first, let's get into our normal tech news. Uh, looks like the, your friends at Instagram and Facebook, <clears throat> same diff, are changing things again. They have a new algorithm that basically will allow... Um, well, basically, what it does is records your pictures and videos and users' feeds based on their based on their interests. And what this is, you know, almost everything Facebook does or Instagram does is a tweak towards basically you know, making more ad friendly and getting the advertisers. It's like, it seems like it's been a slow thing. It's like, hey, we're social. Then it's like, how do we make money, 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 money? Now they've 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 turned the boat all the way around to just keep, continue to find ways to make money. But people say this is gonna be the use, the, the death of organic social because everything's gonna be so pointed and... Um, well, yeah, that's the thing. You don't want, you know, all your social media uh, connection to be dictated. You, you want it to have some type of organic, some type of natural uh, feel. And like once once you start having like the, the revenue coming and the ad, the ad, yeah. advertisers dictating your experience, it kind of waters it down yeah. and kind of loses the credibility. And so that's why, you know, a lot of younger folks will go to the next thing. And that's t tends to be the trend with, you know, anything that becomes commercialized and becomes mainstream. And so yeah. I think Instagram with 400 million users, like 
Like it's inevitable that they have to scale the business, they have to make money off of it, but they also have to find the fine line, build a build a fine line in terms of how they keep the users happy in terms of what made them successful in the first place. It's a, it's a so. great point. I think that I, I don't think I don't think Facebook cares. I don't, I don't mean that in a in an insidious way, but I mean at, at a certain point when you get so big, like Facebook is to a point where they're so big, they don't care what the kids are doing because they're they're trying to dominate worldwide. They're trying to figure out how to make all that money, which they're doing when they switch to mobile I disagree. and doing stuff. Really? I think they do care what the kids are doing. Hence why they try to buy Snapchat. Hence yeah. why they're trying to do cooler things to attract more younger. That's, I mean, that's, that's true. I guess what I'm saying by that is they're not worried about ruining the Facebook experience for the younger group pe- folks. They are. At, I feel like they, I, this is my opinion. I feel like after you reach a certain tipping point of whatever how many billions they've got, it's just a matter of just keeping that where it is. And, and sometimes you can do it through innovation and keeping it fresh. But I don't know. Uh, Facebook is so mainstream and so ubiquitous now. I don't know that they want to like pivot to be the hottest, coolest thing. They just want to figure out how to keep the balls well, in the air. I mean, I think, obviously, Instagram is owned by Facebook. But yep. still, Instagram has its own identity, has its own ecosystem within itself. And so I think it can uh, Facebook can allow Facebook to be Facebook and Instagram to be Instagram. I, and I think that's the fine the fine line, the happy medium to be able to uh, allow it to organically manifest itself the way it has since its, since its inception. Right. And I mean, like, I personally don't want to hop on Instagram and have, you know, my feed curated or have things omitted or have, you know, have things that I don't even want to like look at. Yeah. Like a sponsored post I don't even want to look at. Like I think I think that'll kinda ruin it, man. And so I I, I hope that you know, they they consider that because I think Instagram is probably one of the it is the the best social media platform that's out. It is the best social media platform that's out, and we'll see if they you know you would think they want to enhance that experience, but really they're going to probably change it, and we'll see if this allows room for something else. I mean, Snapchat's on the heels, certainly right, right on its heels. So yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know. Um, okay. Moving forward, the uh, and well, Snapchat doesn't have the ability to. to, to the, what, what people love about Instagram is the archive ability to be able yeah. to just search through a feed and, and see all their photos and see exactly. all that stuff in an in instance and tell that story instantly through photos. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, Ira Glass just did. Ira Glass is uh, uh, from This American Life, one of the original uh, podcast G's. He came actually more of a radio G who turned exactly. into who turned into podcasting. But he did talk at South by Southwest talking about the boom in podcast money yeah. um you know um and obviously we, we we've enjoyed all the podcast boom money <laughs> um but yeah you know, but the boom in, in money advertising i mean like this is you know ever since serial a couple of years ago um advertisers are looking up because they see the kind of numbers you can do and then companies like mid-roll have come in and and uh really smartly have figured out how to like aggregate all, 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 all of the as needs and place them in different podcasts that they're associated with, mm-hmm. and also have upfronts like yeah. they do, like they do in um, traditional TV. media. Yeah, yeah like in traditional media. So yeah. you know where, where you can, you know, if you're a podcast guy, you can have all your money uh, up front for the whole season. And you're ready that, to rock, ready to rock. So that's really great. But uh, I mean, the the you know the you know the uh, Hourglass talked about is up to fifty or sixty dollars CPM, mm-hmm. which, which is which is which is pretty good for a podcast. He also said they also said that the numbers spending wise. Um, could hit $35 million in 2016. Some say as high as $50 million. Mm-hmm. That's a far cry from the $9 billion in television. Yeah, it's like 0. .006% or <laughs> yeah. something. But it's still, that's still a big chunk of money. I, I, want, I want a piece of that $50 million. Yeah, it's a big chunk know? of money. And I, I think it, it speaks to the, the mediums that people are becoming more... Um, 
adapted to in terms of like before on your iPhone you didn't even have the option to be able to to, to sift through podcasts now it's become more like everyday thing and right. I think it'll even become more so in the next three years three to five years and I, I really like you know the, I think it was a good factoid that he spelled out in terms of like this American life it took him like over a year for him to gain 100 million users or 100 million downloads and then with Serial like he was able to do that in four weeks yeah it just shows like the the the, the incline and and the the progressiveness of how people are becoming more accustomed to using podcasts and yeah. and that's where you know clearly advertisers are like whoa this is where the audience is at right let's spend some money so I mean, Obama's done like two podcasts already man. and he's showing up on stuff and so people people recognize if you want to reach a certain audience there's a very specific way to yeah. do that and if the White House communication staff is as savvy as anything so if they feel like they need to reach an audience by going to certain podcasts then you know that that's where people that's where you find people so it's all like the advertisers have to follow suit absolutely it always fascinates me how a new medium can can like just create economic opportunity sure. for for creatives and and for brands, I love the fact that you know, terrestrial radio is now like kind of like whatever, and people are more like, "Hey, I'm gonna do do it myself and have have my own radio station right. in my house in my garage and like speak to millions of people and make money off of it." That that to me is dope. Yeah, that, it's, it's, that we've reached that that part in our zeitgeist. It's it's incredible, and uh, you know, I mean. I like he, they asked if it, if it, if they think uh, if, if it's gonna burst if this bubble's gonna burst and and he says of course it'll burst but every bubble bursts yeah but he, but he's hoping not anytime soon you know and I and I, and I, I second that right because you know I got some podcast to launch and shit. I'm trying to get some of that fifty Man. million hopefully that fifty million <laughs> goes up to hundred million next year and Man. by the time it bursts I'll be we'll have like, out like a, a little bit of it <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, be, I'll be watching the burst in the in the, in the, in the rear view now I'm good. Um, but yeah, so you know, I, I look as podcasters. I'm very happy to hear that. So, yeah, man. And then the podcast, being in the podcast game for a minute, it's you know we're 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 here riding the ride too. So it's good to, good to know. Absolutely. Um, speaking of folks who who ride the the podcast wave and has been been in it for a minute, um, my been boy in it for a minute, minute for a minute. My boy Kevin Nagaro has got a new show. I mean, uh, so if you're curious about celebrity boyfriends, a uh, celebrity boyfriend's midlife crisis, enjoy hearing stories about behind the scenes Hollywood, amused by old TV and movie references, then you'll love. <laughs> Where did, that, where did that voice come from? <laughs> That's this is my, uh, my, 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 I don't know, my announcer voice. <laughs> then you'll love The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Nagaro. I can't, I can't. Uh, join AfterBuzz creator Maria Menounos and Marino, Maria Menounos' fiance, Kevin Nagaro, along with AfterBuzz co-hosts Roxy Strayer, Ashley Daniels, and others for all the insanity. Watch live Mondays and Thursday nights, 7 to 9 Pacific time on thetomorrowshow.com. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Subscribe or download for free on iTunes. Go to thetomorrowshow.com for more information. Uh, Kevin's been talking to me about this for a cool minute man he's been talking about this for a while and I'm very happy to see him launch this thing and uh, you know Roxy and Ashley are great I'm sure it's it, it, is, it is phenomenal so check it out and uh, like I said I'm going to bully my way onto that show so you know, I'm, I'm telling you Kevin right now I'm coming for you I'm going to be on that show you know I'm going to be on that thing so um, uh, look for the tomorrow show it's good stuff alright uh, Google uh, now has uh, you know so in this in this election year a lot of a lot of big stories have been all, always you know uh, Citizens United and and the campaign funding and transparency and campaign funding and where is it all coming from and who's spending what and the Koch brothers and blah 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 well Google <coughs> now sh has a thing where you can you can see fun, uh, campaign data directly in search results which is a kind of a cool thing they're uh, partnered with. Uh, a political watchdog called OpenSecrets.org, and um, I think it's just it, it enables you to just Google who's spending what and, how, and who's getting where stuff's coming. No, you from. just Google their name, and that and the information will come up right, right, right underneath underneath it. 
I think that's awesome. Like, because you you, you kind of hit a, hit on it. You want transparency. You yep. want to see like where um, these guys' allegiance is, is connected to. Like, if they're being bought out by lobbyists, by like, where 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 is the money coming from? Is it right. from you know individual donations or is it from packs? You know what I'm saying? So, I think having that just a part of your uh, cachet of, of information to be able to determine who you should vote for I think is great. To, it employs you to have a more uh, clear clear uh, and distinct vision as as to where your political allegiance lies. Right. So. I, I think it's fantastic. I, I, I want that transparency. I need it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're kind of in a home stretch here. You know, look, look, yeah. look. Hillary, Hillary, I mean, based on that, this this resource, Hillary has made the most money. You yeah, know, she generated the most money. Um, I thought it was Bernie for a minute, but you yeah. know, not 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 based on this. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's like the hill dog is pulling away in more ways than more ways than one. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think she got it, man. Uh, yeah, I think she, 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 she does too. Yeah. Um, anyway, I digress. I, I I should by the way, this is an unprompted. I've actually officially. Moved over from my man Bernie to Hillary. Stop it! <laughs> I moved over. Wow. Uh, I love Bernie. I love Bernie, but um, there's no buts. I love Bernie. I love Bernie a lot. Just, man, how have you moved over there? How have you moved over? Hillary won me over in that town hall. That last town hall. I can't. I'm telling. I'm telling you. <laughs> Let's move on. In that last town hall, she won me over. Let's move on. She won me over, dog. I'm telling you. Uh, I'm still feeling the burn, but you know, <laughs> the hill dog. All right, moving on. So uh, this is interesting, you know. So Lyft and GM has a new has a new program. It's called the Driver Rental. It's like a driver renter rental program, and I don't understand exactly how this what's happening here. It's supposed it's supposed to, uh, you know, help you offer short term car rentals to professional drivers. Um, some cases even for free, and basically it helps them be able to um, find more qualified drivers allegedly. But supposedly, ultimately, this is just to replace drivers with their with their driverless program. Right? Is that? Uh, is I mean, that right? it's a it's a, it's a weird it's a weird thing to kind of grasp. But I think the initial um, rollout of it is kind of just a, a great brand partnership where you know Lyft is trying to get more drivers into their program. A lot of drivers will will apply to be. A, part of the Lyft program, but uh -huh. because their car doesn't meet the right requirements and qualifications, they can't. So GM is like, well, you know what? We'll, we will assist you and, and collaborate with you on this because in the future, we want to be able to use, we, we, see, we see that in the future, there will be um, driverless cars and we want to be able to have Lyft as our um, collaborative brand to be able to use our vehicles. And so in the meantime, we will support you with vehicles just to get drivers um, more employed through through to your brand, and so I think the play is to build the build the brand partnership so they can have the GM vehicle and the Lyft um, synergy, and then as that transitions as technology improves, then there won't be any drivers in those vehicles, but they still will be GM vehicles right. that are that are Lyft um, drivers. But that's a it, power move by GM. It's a super power move. I mean, like it's, it's kind of confusing, but no, it's confusing yeah. at all. But 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 ultimately, what it is is GM is getting in the game. They have to, yeah, and then and they're they, you know this is another way for them to stay relevant because they they recognize that you know the Lyfts and Ubers are the new cabs. So exactly. if someone told GM you know I don't know seventy eighty hundred years ago that if you can make all taxi cabs GM cars, would you do it? Yes, yeah. they would do it in a second. So yeah. so to be able to have you know at least Ubers, right? I mean at least Lyfts, you right. know, which is which is something. So. Um, it kind of takes away from you being able to ride in some kind of luxury whip, though. You got to ride a GM car, I guess, but Cadillac, hey. I guess, but I guess it's cool. GM custom cars, I guess. Hey, yeah. I'm not mad at it. 
Uh, I mean, I mean, what what is your take in terms? What is what is your what do you envision in terms of the driverless car? When 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 does that land? Um, I think we're I think we're. I, I mean, I, I mean, we've landed already, but where does it land? And yeah, it's like... I, I think we're ten years away from it being like in, in, you know, from it being a reality. I think that we are probably about uh, three years away from us starting to see them actively on the road and, and, and people and people. I think because oh, we've already seen them. No, but I, but I think the thing is, this is the overall each because you have each municipality, then you have states, then you have federal for you to be able to catch up with the safety. You know and the laws and the traffic laws and all and all the other stuff that that go along with that. It just takes time to implement. You can't right. start throwing driverless cars on the road. If I'm a cop, I don't know what to do. You know how would I have any policies in place? What, right. What's the policy? If I'm in a driverless car and I'm and I'm having sex and a car, cop pulls me over, I'm like I ain't driving. Like what's you know what's you know what is it? So you have to figure out all these sort of laws that go along with it. If someone hits you in a driverless car, like who's 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 liable? You yeah. know, it was all this all this stuff. So I think that like. I know they're around and they exist, but the fact we've seen them whipping around, I think we're like, uh, maybe maybe not 10, but I, think, I don't know, maybe legislatively, I think we're through another election cycle at least. Yeah. You know. I, I definitely agree. So that's eight to 10 years from now yeah. before we start to see them really on, on American streets. But what's going to happen is you're going to see them in, in it's going to start in, in, in municipalities and, and you're going to see first, obviously you're going to see them in San Francisco first. I mean, we, that's where we already see them. Yeah, so they would be driving San, so San Francisco, and then you'll see Oakland, and you know San, San Jose, and then I'll probably spread down to Los Angeles. Well, not Los Angeles too big, but then I'll they'll probably be in Minnesota, little pockets, little little, little tech pockets, Boulder, Colorado. You start to see little tech pockets, and then and then it'll, it, it'll it was be everywhere. One, one of the coolest things I've ever seen, though, like driving on the Bay Bridge, <clears throat> looking over, and I see the you know dude in the passenger seat, and I don't see anyone in the driver's seat, but I see the steering wheel moving. I'm like, oh shit, it's a Google car. Yeah, that was that was a really cool moment. It. The fact that 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 that's really happening is yeah. just kind of dope, you know. It is, but here's the thing for me, because I'm I'm a I'm a scary cat. I'm scared. Like, I already don't like driving over the Bay Bridge in general. I'm driving over the Bay Bridge. I'm always <laughs> look, I'm still thinking about the 89 earthquake in an earthquake. I'm just always looking like it's super so high up. The fact that I'm in a passenger seat. And I'm looking over, and the car's like, <laughs> I'm like, no. Hey, How do I know it's the Bay Bridge? How do I know you're not gonna like? You know, anyway. I mean, yeah, that's just, that, this is me personally. I don't, I don't know if I'll be, I'll be okay with that. Or worse, like, were you in some, like, it's the other thing. You know, uh, what about weather conditions and wind, windy, and I know they got it covered, but, like, it's raining. You know, visibility's low. What they're, what they're, what they're saying is, is that. Is the sensor going to. Co the computer sensor, the computer bits and parts are, are more sophisticated or, or faster to make decisions than the human brain. But as it relates to a moral decision, it cannot do that yet. Yeah, we talked about that. But in terms of in terms of the mathematics of its assessment of the road and conditions, it does that faster than humans can. Yeah, like if you, if there's if there's a, a cat crossing the street and a little kid crossing the street, which one does it save? Or or yeah, which one does it save? Or if there's a truck coming one way that'll kill you, but a kid coming the other way, what do you do? Right. Does the computer just run over the kid? <laughs> it says, Fuck it, <laughs> you know, kill I mean, everybody. That's what I'm saying. Like you know, no, this this is they can't make those moral decisions. It can only make, you know, I don't know. Uh, and then also, when you're whipping down those, like, windy mountain roads, like, I'm just, like, in a passenger seat, <laughs> and the kind of cue is like, I got it. And you're like, I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm not, you know, we'll see. I don't know if that's, that's going to hey, happen for me. when you sit on the 405, you're going to want it, though. Oh, yeah, on the 405, great. On the 405, but not, like, whipping down some, like, mountain, mountain, mountainous road in the snow. <laughs> And I'm like, you got this, Watson? <laughs> you got this, Google? Siri. Uh, anyway. 
Moving on. So Apple News, which is something I actually uh, use a lot, is now trying to open its uh, open its platform up to all publishers of all sizes. And I guess the the, the main thing with this is that uh, you know Apple News is great, and I don't know if you use it at all, but I actually use it a lot. Uh, it's great. It's right there in, in, in your you know in your on your front page of your phone if you want to use it. You can yep. check some things out. The problem that people are having with it is, I mean, it, they, they're open to like almost a hundred publishers, but you know, it's not. It doesn't give you the internet. So there's a, there's a, there's the uh, the danger, especially for people on the right wing who think that like, oh, Apple's just pumping us full of liberal liberal jargon. You know, like I don't want to read the Washington Post. I want to read the Wall Street Journal. I don't want my news from you know CNN. I want my news from Fox News. So um, and then beyond that, there's the other smaller ones like the Drudge Report or like whatever, like BuzzFeed. With BuzzFeed's not small, but there's other stuff that people want to get their their news from. And the question is, what Apple is saying is they're going to open up to everyone. I mean, which seems like defeats the purpose. But what do you what do you think of this? Why do you, why do you say it defeats the purpose? Well, I don't say it defeats the purpose. I think that like, I the thing about Apple News that I like is it 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 does a thing where it um sort of uh it gives me the headline gives me the headlines. It gives me all the, what what I want to need. So it's a it's it's like America's front page. Yeah, but based on your interest in likes like right. before you look at before you search for articles it's, it's already priming you that's true it's, prep, it's asking you like what are you interested in are that's you sports true. blah 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 so you're giving it you know right. what it needs to recommend so I mean it's kind of like the uh, you know like like um it's it's it's, a cur- it's curating for you, so I may get articles from Bill Simmons' new website, The Ringer, which is relatively small, as opposed mm-hmm. to just getting ESPN. Right. You know. So I think, I guess that's okay. I don't know. I mean, I I, I think they have to be in this space. They have to compete against the Flipboards and the Facebooks of the world because they. I mean, those guys, especially Facebook, they're trying to dominate with that. Yeah. And like, there's huge, you know, huge economic opportunity, and Apple wants to be, you know, a, a front runner in, in every category. And so, I mean, yeah. why why not in news? They're they're the front runner in music they're the front runner in and in, in smartphones that's the front runner in computers like yeah. across the board so i mean i think this smart like you're on your you're on your phone all the time why not control it through an apple app versus a flipboard versus yeah. facebook no, i agree so. i guess i'm just having trouble in general this is more of a larger question about how we consume news um in news media um uh, whether it's you know television programs or you know twenty four hour cable news or online news, I just feel like we're in, we're in a world now where everyone can sort of find their own news. Like you could, and what's wrong with that? Well, I don't. It's just something about like I'm using the Fox News as an example. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can watch Fox News every all day every day and not know you know like the truth. What do you mean? Yeah, but I mean, but, that's, but, you know. but based on that, like sh- shit. Before that, before a smartphone, all you had was Fox News. All you had was the TV. All you had was the newspaper. Now, yeah. because we have all this choice, you could actually do the research and investigate and see what what writing style or what what uh the source you know speaks yeah. your language. I mean, you could. I mean, I just listened to this podcast with Dan Pfeiffer and John Favreau, the former White House speech writer and communications director, and they're talking about the biggest change they've seen. And all this stuff is, is just the Twitterfication of news. Difference between like people can't tell the difference between like actual news and news stories and reporting versus like punditry and and editorial. And headlines don't help that. People now don't have time. It used to be like they you know would just get their news from certain places. Now people just read headlines. They read headlines and they don't, they don't even click on them anymore. So the headlines are super sensationalized. You know Bernie Sanders. You know whatever whatever. Like that's that's your news or the crawl. And so I guess what the, what I'm saying is I just I'm worried about 
a world where you can just you're just reading headlines on your phone and the headlines that you that you want specifically for yourself. I don't think that's how users um, consume information. I think because everything is so fast and because we want to know everything, yeah, some of it is bite sized and some of it is quick. But I think if you're really interested in something, you're gonna do due diligence and research it. You're gonna Google it. You're gonna Wikipedia it. You're gonna do all sorts of. You're gonna try to find it from multiple sources, that's not true. just one source. I mean, I guess you're right. So, I, guess, I guess if you're if you if you're uh, you know seeking out the news on your phone anyway, then you're already ahead of the game you're already mm-hmm. wanting to find stuff out so i i i, I okay I, I hear you i mean shit for me like if I, if there's something i'm really interested in i'm doing a deep dive i'm going to youtube i'll yeah. see all the videos yeah. about it i'm going to read multiple articles about it. i'm going to go on the twitter page i'm going to might find the fa- facebook and instagram i'm going to do everything yeah i do so, so I, i'm a deep i'm a deep diver too so i guess i like having i guess having all ultra fingertips is uh is good um okay so let's move to this apple battle um there's a new thing the u.s government's granted apple a patent for a new type of encryption um uh, like so i i so i guess what they're trying to do um they're 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 actually well, apple is trying to do thing that makes the phone even harder to crack is this, is this I'm, I'm, yes yeah so so it's, it's ironic because we've had this long dialogue about the government trying to get apple to um, kind of like loosen up their encryption um, uh, infrastructure and how Apple's like nah buddy we're going to beef it up we're going to make it even stronger and we're going to do it so that it has this reverse engineering where you know it's almost impossible for someone to hack a locked phone and I think it's like so ballsy like right. nah government and it's weird like they can go to one part of the government to get a patent for for the new technology but then another part of the government's like yo like Reduce, reduce the security on this. Like it's right. just, it's it's funny, like how that, I guess how the dialogue is shifting now. But I I think that Apple wants to be able to prevent, um, uh, they want to pr- prevent piracy of content, and they also yeah. want to establish more uh, privacy for the content that you might create in your IP, your the stuff that you are capturing on your phone. So I think it's I, I think it's good because the more sophisticated. Um, hackers become um the more uh of a greater threat you know our information is to to widespread use so. right i agree and i, I I'm, I'm with apple a thousand percent on this i mean, feel like i feel like that they are this their job to for to keep our information <coughs> and you know it, it's a slippery slope as, as, as tim cook has said as everyone said it's a slippery slope allowing um, the, you know, backdoors into any of this stuff. I mean, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg agrees, uh, the Google folks agree, uh, everyone agrees except for funk ass Bill Gates, who's just always trying to stick it to Apple. But <laughs> so I don't know. I th- I, I'm, I'm totally fine with this. Um, moving on, this is interesting. Wikipedia is trying to. Uh, so the thing about so okay, um, Wikipedia editors are trying to trying to really get in here and trying to figure out how they can. Um, keep facts straight in Wikipedia. I guess what I'm saying is because Wikipedia is, is open and can be edited by anyone, like when you have, uh, I guess the, the, the example here is, uh, you know, Judge Garland, who's up for uh, Supreme Court, who's the new Supreme Court nominee, um, you know, people want to know more about who he is and what's his background and whatnot, and then people, I guess Repub- you know, Republicans or conservatives are saying, like, he's super liberal, he's this, that, and the other, and other, and other folks are trying to say whatever it is. And if everyone's putting all this information in there, how do people know the truth? And so it, what... I, I, well, I think that's the, 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 
the gift and the curse of Wikipedia that it's it's the gift is that it's one of the best crowdsourced um, platforms that we have. Right. And the curse is that the accuracy of the information that is sourced, you know, is up for debate. So I think, and that's what this this conversation piece is about. It's like, how do you? Uh, substantiate things that you write on Wikipedia if you don't have a source to back it up, if you don't have evidence to back it up. Is it just opinion? Is it just, you know, you creating it? Is it mythology? So I, I think the argument is like, how do you, especially when you're dealing with public figures or even historical things, historical events, like how do you um, determine what is accurate or not? And especially when you Google something, typically in the first three search results, Wikipedia is going to be up there. So it's like, is, is that is that the the thing that is? is it's almost back to your your uh, your other point on the other topic. Like, how do you if you're just reading one thing, that's all you see, and, you, and you're basing your opinion off of that? Like, you might be misinformed. You might take that information, and it might be completely wrong. And that's the argument. Like, is Wikipedia accurate or is it inaccurate? Right. And should it be um, crowdsourced still, or should it be um, someone that someone that is an established writer or researcher? Yeah, it's, it's just tricky. Or or the editors and who the editors. I mean, it's because the stakes are high for something like this. When people are trying to figure out, like, you know, Obama puts this this <laughs> this is a very specific example, but like, you know, he he puts my man up, uh, uh, just Garland up. And as a uh, as a candidate, people are trying to figure out. Well, he's obviously Obama put him up. He's a liberal, but he's kind of actually more of a centrist, and he's more of a good judge. And that's why I put him up. And Republicans like him. And they work with him personally. But in efforts to sort of discredit him, now people can get on him like, you know how liberal he like, and trying to blow his stuff up. And I, I, it, it it feels like the stakes are high to make the, to have the information right. But again, Wikipedia is is should not be that source, right? Wikipedia should not be your sole source for information. It shouldn't. Even though I feel most times it's a great source. Yeah, but, I do too. I agree. I agree. But it should be a source that is used with in collaboration with other sources. That's what I propose. Like don't yeah. don't just use that as your only source and hey, I, I know something now. Yeah. I went to Wikipedia. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's a great point. Uh, all right. This is an interesting study for, for, for uh, your boy Donald Trump. Um, it's just that his new studies talked about fifty-one uh, percent of our of our billion-dollar startups. <laughs> that's that's this are, is very are, ironic. <laughs> are, are found are founded by immigrants, right? So I mean, and they're all like they're immigrants, they're Americans. They want to keep, they want to make America great again. They want to keep America in. But like the point is that you know this is this is kind of what the fabric of what our country's built on. We, you know, we are the multiple, you know to, to the fact of immigrants coming in, making good, doing doing things, and this is what it is. And this whole you know, all this rhetoric now of like, let's keep them all out. Um, is this, I don't know. I, I think this is just ironic. No, that's exactly what it is. It's very ironic that you have this type of languaging in the political sphere. Uh -huh. But when you actually take a look under, you know, the, the business hood of, of this country, especially in the technology sector, like you see that, as you say, 51% of the new, uh, uh, billion dollar companies are fronted or established by people that were that, that were never born here right and not just that um, 70 percent of the administrative and executive um, divisions of those companies are employees that are also immigrants and so they're generating hundreds of jobs per um, company I think it's like 45 companies that that are are killing it that are that are um, that are that are um, owned or Founded by by immigrant, they employ like I said, seven hundred to eight hundred people. They're 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 bringing um, prestige and and wealth to the country. Like 
I think it changes the dialogue and conversation about immigration. Yeah. I think we have to take a, a deeper analysis of it and how we, um, poli how, what policies we build around it. You know, so yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Ten thousand percent. I think this is just sad. I, I would love to see someone just flash this. You know, the, the, someone used this uh, the stat mm -hmm. uh, in, in the next Donald Trump rally because I think it's just interesting. Uh, moving forward, the Tesla Model Three um, is, is is coming. Uh, I was out yesterday and I saw uh -oh. a Model Three. You saw the weapon? I, I saw one whipped out there. This is some guy who was really proud of himself. He had one of those like Una. He had some crazy like gyro, some space age gyro sort of skateboard joint. He was like zipping around on that thing and like clicking his. Stop it! I swear to God, he's like showing off and in Larchmont, like he clicked his thing and the the, the the door went up and he's like, Zzzz. I'm like, we see you, man. Shit, <laughs> like we see you. you. Got you got the cool whip. You got the you got the little gyro. He was just extra out. He's extras on it. I don't know. He's uh, on the phone. I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe he was Elon Musk's brother or something. But he was definitely out there showing off. Like anyway, but uh, it looks great. I mean, it's it's. It, it, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's, it, it, it looks. Wait, dope. wait. Well, you saw the SUV, or you saw the whatever one is the one with the, the SUV. Yeah, that's yeah. with, with the with the things that yeah, go yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I saw. Because the new joint, which is about thirty five k. Yeah, the small the, the yeah okay. the cool the I think it's a sedan or whatever. Yeah, that's the joint that's I think is really going to change the game. Because it's going to compete against the the I think it's the Chevy Bolt and the Prius. The Prius is going to compete against any. Um, uh, traditional uh, automaker that's trying to get into this space like I think they have to to expand Tesla they have to be able to create a product that the average consumer can can buy and this 35k model that can go 200 miles on one charge I think is going to be a change to gamer right and if it looks fresh as as the other models the s and the um, what is the what is the 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 um the SUV called uh shoot, I don't even know if it, if it looks as fresh as those two I think it's gonna be amazing. Like well, we're they, gonna see them everywhere, and they do. Um, um, and I don't know. I agree. I'm very, very excited about that. Um, you would get one? Oh yeah. Well, actually, I would hope. I would hope that I can afford the, <laughs> the S, the, the S, the six figure joint. But if I can't afford the six figure joint, I would love to have the thirty five thousand dollars joint. Yes, sir. I'm not even mad at it at yes, all. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm. I'm not, not thinking about this. I, I'm I'm pretty pro Tesla. I like I like I would like to see more kits in those things. I like to see them more. Um, you know, people put put more. I like to see more aftermarket stuff in those. I like to see one like really souped out, but yeah, souped up. up. But I haven't seen that like just even visually because they, yeah. they they look beautiful now. But I'm just curious as to if there's something else. Um, all right. Um, Let's go to these last couple of stories. Uh, there's a new Star Wars. I'm gonna skip the the Uber one. Okay. <clears throat> there's a new Star Wars. Uh, game coming out and it's a virtual reality joint and it's called The Trials of Tatooine and there's a trailer it's like a first person game interactive YouTube experience you're defending you're, you're, looking, you're like you know defending R2 I saw the trailer for this thing and it's it dope. looks yeah. ridiculous ILM let's go I mean it looks ridiculous and I, now when we were you know when we were up at, uh, at uh, ILM 
<laughs> Why do you use that voice? <laughs> when, we, when, we were, when we did our, 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 our tour, our tour. Our, our, our ILM, uh, we did see they have this crazy virtual world thing they have there where they right. can have a green screen yeah. and they'll put you in on any planet and yeah. interact you with any, like, you know, everyone else. And it's kind of really dope, the technology they had. Mm-hmm. So it feels like that's what they're using here right. to be able to use that. <clears throat> Or the existing technology they have, and use that for you know a game. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, it, it's amazing. Um, totally amazing. Like I said earlier, man, I, I I'm starting to fall in love with just researching how new mediums come to play and just change the whole dynamic of how we communicate and how we consume information. And I think with the VR stuff, we talk about it all the time on the show. It's coming more and more and more. Um, relevant and I think once it's like marketed for the average consumer this type of content is going to be so dope like to be able to say hey I'm I'm in I'm in Star Wars yeah. you know and I'm playing I'm, I'm a Jedi and I'm, I'm battling like yeah. and it looks real as fuck like that, yeah. that's going to be really really crazy yeah the, the crazy thing about it is not so much that you're in this immersive world which is already crazy but how how real it looks yeah like that screenshot you see on screen of the Millennium Falcon that sunset yeah. like that is insane right you know and I think about you know you just being, you know, having grown up with the whole Star Wars experience, every time a Star Wars game would come out, even the first <clears throat> old school vector graphics one that came out in like 1980, like I just remember feeling the feeling of loving that immersive feeling, even Absolutely. back in 1980. And every time they would come out with a new game, I just wanted to be in the world, even all these mm-hmm. new Lucasfilm games that came out on the Xbox and, uh, and up to this latest, um, the latest, uh, the one that just came out, Battlefront, yeah, yeah which which I have and returned, by the way. But uh, I, but I, but I still like the immersive while you're in the world. But this, this looks insane. Yeah, man. I don't. Here's the thing about the virtual reality joints. I just don't understand. I saw two years ago. I saw the Oculus Rift and I saw that big rig they had mm-hmm. where you know you're like running in place on on the big dome and you're in your living room and running around. Like I, how, do you just sit in your in your couch and just Stevie Wonder out? Man. Like, how's it work? I mean, that's, you, exactly, you, that's exactly what you but do. But are you running around your living room, like, picking up stuff, running in the chairs? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I, that's, that's the part, but I guess it's just really about your head, right? It's not yeah. about, like, actually the sensation. Because I think the next evolution will be the fully sensation of, of walking around. Man. I don't know how you could do that. I mean, they're going to figure it out. They're going to yeah. figure it out. I don't. Yeah, I, I uh, it's it's quite. Amazing. I wish I, I wish I could say I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in that space. Well, people, uh, I saw this thing on Bill Maher. Where he was you know making fun of it, and it is kind of silly when you see a room full of people with the VR helmets on, like looking around. And I is mean, that the future. It feels, I, it feels I like remember. Ulti- it feels like the ultimate disconnect. Though. I remember my grandfather would say it feels weird to, for, for all these young kids to put on headphones. Oh. My grandpa used to say that. Like, why you got the headphones on? You you're closing yourself all up and up up from the world. Oh like, yeah, well, your grandpa was wrong, but yeah, <laughs> I see, I see that. Yeah, I see that. So what's the difference? Yeah, it's true. So yeah. what, what? I mean, so what's next? Are our our kids? Is, is is uh is your son gonna have like a full helmet, <laughs> walking around? Son, <laughs> <laughs> do your homework. He's like, I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm on Mars. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's or I am doing my homework. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. All right. Uh, this next story is something I'm very, very, very excited about. I've been like kind of wanting this. Looks like Michael Mann is working on a prequel to to Heat. He's working on it, and it may and it may turn into a movie. You know, my my guess is it's probably going to end up as some sort of HBO limited series TV show, right. as everything does. But Michael Mann, who doesn't, you know, he did he did the one HBO series uh, Luck, yep. which got canceled, which was which was good. Um, but this man, I mean, he's one of my all-time favorites. He's probably in my top, top 
five as all time director or writer. He, the Heat, the movie is one of oh. my all time oh, favorite yeah, he movies. He is dope. Yeah. I mean, but he he has some he has some classics in his in Michael his, Mann. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I would say everything he has is the, he only has a couple of stinkers. Even the stinkers, his, I la, like. his last one was a stinker. Uh, Black Hat, that, definitely. Yeah, although I liked it. I mean, it was cool, but, but it, it wasn't it classic. Wasn't, no, it wasn't classic. It wasn't. It, it, it's good. It's just you know, Chris Helmsworth. I don't know, but uh, but it was. It was it was intriguing. I love I like I could watch Michael Mann stuff, but yeah. like Ali was killer great, was was a killer, but also not his best. I don't think. I, I love Ali again. Everything in that movie is amazing. Will Smith's amazing. Process is amazing, but like uh, Jamie Foxx is amazing. It's an amazing Everybody. movie, yeah. but it just it just it doesn't it didn't quite land for me. But I, I don't think that's his fault. Yeah, but yeah, okay, I'll take that. Uh, what's this other joint that no one liked that I like? Oh, the 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 most underrated Michael Mann movie that people that people hate. It's, that the, other, I love. it's the other Will Smith movie. Which one? Um, he's a superhero. Oh, Platter, wait, he's a superhero. Oh, he's that's not him. That's yes, not it Michael Mann. yes, it is. No, you want to bet? I bet you ten thousand dollars. You talking yeah. about? What you talking about? Hancock? Yes. No, you want to bet? That's Peter Berg, sir. Okay, look it up right now. Look it up, Hancock. Look it up. <laughs> we have time. This is this is man. And, and if I'm wrong, you know, I'll take you out the lunch. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Peter Berg. I'll, I'll take the lunch. I'm about to come over. Uh, this is makes riveting radio. <laughs> uh, actually, Zach, can you look over? Can you look it up for me? Like, who directed Hancock? And then when you say it's Peter Berg, I'll, I'll tell, can you look up the menu for the uh, spot that I want to take? <laughs> I want to go to lunch. But I know the answer to this one. But back to back to Michael Mann. Uh, Miami Vice. Oh, that was terrible. I loved. Oh. Who? That was Peter Berg. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Is, is, is Michael Mann a writer on that movie? Uh, no, actually, uh, not a lot of people know this. Uh, Vince Gilligan. Oh, most of the writing okay. on Hancock. Uh, I didn't know that. Vincent uh, Go uh, N G O. I apologize, I don't know how to pronounce that, no. but uh, he is also listed as a writer. Okay. So, uh, what? Just, just it was Michael Mann a producer just to help him out? I'm trying to give him everything else. Yeah. <laughs> No, all right. Fair enough. It's all good. It's all but good. But you say you love Miami Vice. I love Miami Vice. That's a good. That, that's that's an underrated heater, man. That movie. I watched. That's a, that's a rewatchable. It's got some stuff. The Cuba stuff is whatever, but Michael Mann. Okay, is thank you. Oh! I, I, I knew. I knew something. I knew he was connected to something with Hancock. Okay, well, Michael Mann's okay. Well, I'll give so you. So I'll buy you appetizers. Okay. <laughs> okay. He I also didn't... reportedly played executive. Oh. He's in the movie oh, as an actor. Oh, actor. Okay. Okay. Well, then there you go. Well, come on. Okay, I, okay. I knew. I knew something. I, I knew something had to be right too. Because you're usually not wrong about stuff. But I just, I just knew Peter Berg did that one. Um, anyway, I like Miami Vice the show. I like Miami Vice the movie. I, th- I thought they did a job on that one. I think that's underrated film. I. It's. Wait, was the last time you seen it? Uh, probably when it came out. Yeah. No. It's. It's. It's crazily rewatchable. Like get the Blu-ray. I'm telling you, it's, it's insanely rewatchable. It's good. Anyway, didn't really play the well in the movies, but I think it plays well at home, especially on cable. When this is on, I watch it all the time. Collateral, thumbs up. Oh, I mean, look, uh, Manhunter, uh, thumbs up. Uh, Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Last yeah. of the Mohicans. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Thief, which is a James Conn joint of early days, and then we then you go into just. Just murderous row of like uh, heat. That's the another insider. One. The insider. I mean, um, I, he's just, he's got he's got, he's got heat rocks left and right. Uh, all right, let's get out of here. I think, I think we're good. Yeah, we, we can get out of here on that one. Yes, sir. Um, anything else you got? Nah, man. I think uh, we we covered a lot today. Okay. Good. Well, that's all. That's all I got. Let's. Yes, uh, 
check out the Tomorrow Show again with Kevin Undergaro. Where can the kids find you? Man, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Akili Shine, A-K-I-L-I-S-H-I-N-E. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe K. Braswell. Again, not Periscope. I'm giving the anti-Periscope shout-outs. Uh, and uh, you can find me here at the sister network of BHL After Buzz doing Bates Motel and Blacklist. Um, thank you very much for listening and watching. We will see you very soon. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook. Tweet us or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live. Scipio, Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.